Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of this show. Thanks for your download. Very excited, as always, to get to our guest here in a minute. I'm Phil Dark, your host, and Paul Jobson is my co-host. When we get together every few episodes, he always gets a little jealous that I get to interview all these great people, but, you know, it's part of the drill that we have created. But folks, I know that you're excited to get to the guest, Tony Everett, with Pure Game. We're going to learn all about that and just really how he has used soccer in this coaching program that he has just started recently as well. But before we get there, I just want to make sure that you remember that you can go and rate and review the show. You can also reach out to me if you have any guests that you'd like to get on the show and and be a part of this conversation that we're having. And so you can do that, Phil, at HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com. You can also reach out to us on the Facebook group. If you're not a part of that already, you can go ahead and join that. But without more from me on all those preliminaries, Tony, how are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, definitely. Well, we always like at the beginning of every interview just to get to know who we're talking to a little bit, you know, and uh, briefly hear your story. I mean, obviously, we could talk for a few hours about your full story, but, you know, the, the brief version of it and really how you developed a passion for soccer and leadership and how you're using that today. Sure. So Tony Everett, originally from England, uh, and moved over here actually in 2000. I was into, I was actually selling security systems back then. That's what brought me over here. It's completely random kind of conversation with my boss in California while I was working in England. And he said, he's got an opening in Orange County. So I was like, sure, come on over. And then he was actually coaching his daughter and son in AYSO. Hmm. And I went up and watched it one day. And I was like to him, what are you doing? Because that's <laughs> not the game of football. And I grew, I grew up playing. I grew up playing the game. I've played all my life for as long as I remember. You know, I was eight when I first started playing, I think. So just grew up playing pickup soccer or pickup football, as we would call it. Sunday morning football, pub football. I joined the Royal Navy and played, uh, played for my ship in the Royal Navy. So I've just been around the game all my life. And so when I came over here and started seeing what Mark Myers was doing with his daughters and girls on the soccer field, I was like, what is that? <laughs> so I then just stepped into helping him out and I was assisting him, helping the kids kind of learn the game a little bit more, which then led me to stepping into the world of club soccer, uh, was working that all as a part-time gig. Obviously, I was still doing my uh, full-time role and I've been coaching and around the coaching world ever since. How I got to where I'm at today is when you're in the club world in Southern California, it's really expensive and really competitive. And I just didn't agree with what was going on at the time, the cost of it all and and all that good stuff. So I wanted to find a different way of doing it and make it more inclusive, bring more people to the game. And and so I set up an organization that actually used street soccer as a format to engage these kids. And we were playing in parking lots and streets and wherever we could play. And it was all in Santa Ana, in inner city areas. And I found that through the game, I could start teaching life lessons. I could start teaching about respect and responsibility and compassion, cooperation, encouragement. All of that good stuff came out of it. And so I set up Pure Game as a nonprofit to teach kids just about life and how they can engage in life. So it started off with the younger kids. 
and moved into middle school, then moved into high school. And that's when I started to really kind of focus on the leadership aspect. Yeah. So tell me more about Pure Game. What is its, its mission, the vision, and, and really just how you are working with the youth throughout Orange County and other parts of Southern California? So we, we understand that kids are really lacking that authentic, meaningful connection. So Pure Game will provide 100,000 kids with mentoring hours, um, meaningful connections, and a character education program. So these kids can actually connect with their life purpose. They can start to pave their own pathway to success and actually create a little bit of meaning in their life and understand that they do have meaning, they do have a purpose, and that's how they can engage in the world a whole lot differently than what they currently are. Uh, So that's what we're after. That's what we're trying to do. We partner with schools, community-based programs who are serving kids and run in-school and after-school programming. It's, It's all based on street soccer format. So we switch teams around every five minutes and um, teach character, life skills, leadership through the game. And it's our field champions, we call them. They're our staff. They're our caring mentors. And they make these personal connections, right? These meaningful connections with kids. And that then brings a certain confidence and courage to the kids with our character education program. And they engage in the world differently. We challenge them to take what they're learning on the field into their school classroom, into their home and into their community. So we're making making these people's lives better and they're, they're understanding what it means to engage in the world around them in a positive way. And why do you think soccer football to you of course in your Mm -hmm. native tongue is such a powerful tool for the kids why soccer why is it a powerful tool in the context of these kids lives so first off when you think of the game right football was created as a poor man's sport actually i take that back the original football way back when in england was a gentleman's club type stuff. And it was the rich that played it. But then it soon got taken over by the working men and it became the poor man's sport. Anyone could play it anywhere they were. And if you go around the world now, they're playing it in the streets. They're rolling up little pieces of trash and calling them the trash balls and and they're playing anywhere they can. And so I think that's one reason. So it's a sport that can be played by anyone anywhere you don't need a whole lot of equipment to play this game it's also very active so everyone's moving everyone's running around and if you're playing it right no one needs to be you know Messi or a Ronaldo you can just play for the fun of playing and just like I did when I was a kid it was street soccer just pick up soccer and we used to play for the fun of playing sometimes there'd be eight of us and sometimes there'd be 28 of us we didn't care it was just fun laughing creating community, creating connection. So that's part of it is is the play aspect for kids. And they've done the research on this. Play movement creates more connections in the brain. And then more connections in the brain means there's more learning going on. And so when you can just run around, physical activity, more connections, and then laugh with the kids and just encourage them through sport, it's a, it's a win-win for everyone, right? These kids just get to laugh, smile, have some fun. And that's the big thing about Pure Game. There's no real skills, drills, teams or leagues. There's no real coaching going on. It's just a ball, the kids, a couple of goals, and we play. And 
what we figured out is creating that positive environment and just encouraging them for what they've done well is is the key behind it. And, and they laugh and they just always want to come back and play more, which is which is fantastic. And so what are some of the lessons that you're teaching them and how do you use soccer to actually teach those lessons? Yeah. So the best example, two of the best examples is we teach self-control. So how do you teach a 10, 11, 12 year old? How do you teach an adult actually self-control? Well, you play walking soccer. That's how you teach them self-control. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we do, we bring the kids in, circle them up and say, okay, we're playing walking soccer. And you get a lot of moans and complaints because no one wants to play walking soccer. But you, you bring them in, tell them the rules, and then say there's a consequence if you get caught running. And it's typically like a star jump or a push-up or something like that. And then we play and you get these kids walking around the field but they are so tempted to want to run and some of them do they run off and get the ball. So of course there's your consequence, five star jumps, whatever that looks like. And then as the game goes on, there's more control and kids are walking more often and you go to see someone run and you can stop the the game right there and say that feeling you had when you went to run, but didn't, that's called self-control. Now, what does that look like in your classroom? What does that look like in your home? What does that look like in your community? So it's a real life experience that they can actually feel what it means to have self-control. And then the other one is goal setting. We play a game and we just remove the little pug goals. And um, of course, the game breaks down into chaos because kids don't know where they're going and what direction they're aiming. And some kids give up and a lot of grumbling and moaning. But when, again, you bring them in to do the debrief, you sit there and ask them, what's the purpose of the goal? Well, in a game of soccer, it gives you direction and purpose and meaning to play the game. Well, hey, presto, why would you set goals in life? Because it gives you direction, meaning and purpose. And so that's why you set goals. So there's some of the two examples that, uh, that are easy to explain and, and the kids get on immediately. Yeah. You know, I remember talking to my oldest son. He had a yellow card. He was on a yellow and he made that stupid tackle that got him the mm-hmm. red card. Right. So even teaching that in the context of these lessons, and I think that's what we why we do this show. Right. Is to be able to help people see these life lessons rather than just getting mad at him and saying, man, how could you do that? You were stupid. You knew you had a yellow. You went in on that. And but it's like, no, how can we use this to say this is actually a really good life lesson? That sometimes in life we're we're in situations where if we don't exhibit self control and not make that tackle, proverbial tackle, we could get in bigger trouble, much much bigger trouble, right? You know, and so those are things that I love how you're doing that with intentionality. Obviously, boy, I'm thinking of my ten year old right now. If I were to try to get him on a field and walk, there's no way. I mean, he'd last about three seconds before he'd run. And I imagine it's harder and harder for the people, for the kids who actually play the game, right? Yeah. To, to they're just going crazy. They're like, no, I, I can't, I can't stand playing it because I want to chase the ball all the time. It's the worst game in the world, seriously. But but it really works well to teach these kids. You know, just this, just the experience of what what it feels like to have self-control and what it means. Because mm-hmm. you can tell a kid not to eat candy all day long, right. but he, he doesn't feel anything, right? But get that feeling of, oh, that's what it feels like to have self-control. That what it feel, that's what it feels like to control my body in a way that I've got to walk and not run. So mm-hmm. that's what it would feel like to stop me putting my hand in the cookie jar just to stop, right? And, and that's kind of the, the idea behind it. 
Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I just think of, again, my, that same 10 year old son in his classroom <laughs> too. And I think what happens is, and going back to that, the kids who play and are the better, the player, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think we're wired to do certain things and it's hard. We've talked about this in the last conversation we had just about the way we're wired, the personality styles we have, we can learn in certain situations. We not can, we have to learn that in certain situations we need to hold that back. We need to have self-control to not do certain things. Like my son he's naturally, you know, just fun. He's, he's wired to have fun mm-hmm. and get up and be active and talk. And I'm wired very much like him. So I get it. But in a classroom, you have to exhibit that self-control. And so these are, yeah. So I, I you know, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think as I could totally see that, that part there. And then obviously the goal setting, I mean, that's something that soccer has so many chances, you know, I'm going to call an audible here right now. And we're going to do, we're just going to use football the rest of the time. Cause anytime I'm talking to someone from, from the UK, I, I, yeah. I just feel wrong calling it soccer. So right. I might slip and call it soccer, but I, we're going to go with football as the default here to, I want to, you know, welcome you and be hospitable to you. Cause I know every time you say soccer, probably even when you're teaching and you've been here for that long, it's still cringe a little bit. So with football, I mean the, the, the lessons we can learn about goal setting, not just about scoring a goal, but, about you know being able to have that first touch to be able to do these different things and how that what that can teach about life so anyway and i know that's something to, to kind of segue into what you're also doing in addition to pure game and part of the way that you're helping to fund some of the things you're doing in pure game is doing this coaching you're coaching people in life coaching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you just talk about that and, you know, first of all, what you're doing, what the program that you have, I don't know if program's the right word, but how you're, how you're coaching leaders and what that looks like in what you're doing now with that. For sure. So we know many of us like are competitive driven people, right? We love to win. And when we're losing that winning edge, when we transition or when we're unsure, when there's no certainty or clarity, we can then get very confused and not know where we're going. So I set up an organization called Personal Best Coaching. And the essence of it is, is we provide the frameworks and the skill training to actually give the direction and the purpose that people need to engage in life and experience the success that they're looking for. Not that success is the final destination because success for the people that I coach is the journey, right? And so if you've got a goal, and we talk about this about goal setting, if you've got a goal to earn a million dollars, if you never earn a million dollars, but you earn $850,000, right? That's still a massive way along that pathway. It's the journey of success that we're focusing on. And so we create the clarity the meaning, the direction, and the purpose for these people to get involved. We've got a program called Hero on a Mission, which sets them up for starting with the end in mind, start with a eulogy, go into a storyline. We then do a 10-year, five-year, one-year plan. We do a whole goal-setting program and engage these people differently in life. It's no different to what we're doing within Pure Game. We work with, with the kids on the football field. In business coaching, we work with bigger kids in the world of business. The parameters are still the same. When you think of a game of football, you build the, the, you, the play up from the back, you put it through the midfield, you put it through the forwards and you score a goal. It's the journey of scoring a goal. And you come across obstacles and hurdles along the way. They're called defenders and the opposition and the referee and all that sort of stuff. 
there's no difference in in working right you start with with playing out of the back you start slowly you work through the midfield you come across obstacles you've got to overcome them you've got to go around them you've got to use your skills to understand how to de- develop that you get it to the forwards and then you shoot on goal sometimes you miss sometimes you score whatever it is so it's using my knowledge of the game of football and what I've learned there and coaching and leadership within that to then bring it to the, um, the masses of business people. My, my target audience really is the, the, is the former athlete or the transitioning athlete. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete that's transitioning out of a professional career, you've dedicated your life to it and you know exactly the routines and you know exactly the framework of which you've got to perform in to be your best here. And your secret source is typically your coach, right? Your coach or your trainer. That's what's got you to where you are. But when they transition out of the professional world and into kind of more civilian street professional business world, they lose all of that framework. They lose the coach. They lose all of the skills training. And so that's the idea is I want to provide them on that. And I would be their secret source to help them become successful. Yeah. So with that, there's obviously so much we can mine on that. But the one thing I really want to hear from you is how you are using the lessons learned from football playing, coaching, training, pure game in this life coaching and how you're able to, again, use the life lessons from the game? That's a great question when you think about it. So think about the, the game of football, right? You, you have a coach who then gives you a skills, new skills program to work on. And it's the implementation and the execution on those skills. So you've got to execute. You can't just be given a skill and then suddenly you're a master at it. It takes practice and it takes intentional practice and it takes implementing and executing. So if I was to coach you through a business skill, it would be exactly the same thing. I'm going to check in with you and say, Phil, did you do that skill today? Did you do the training today? Did you do what I asked you today? And you've actually got to start applying yourself to do the work. The coach isn't going to magically make you brilliant you've actually got to do the work. So you can take a lot of examples of that, right? Knowing your strengths as a football player, I know I'm not the most skillful, but I can hit a 30, 40 yard pass on a dime. So my strength is passing the ball. So if I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to look to pass rather than do a bunch of fancy skills. So that's me playing the game of football at my best. In the world of business, I'm going to look for my strengths and play the game of business at my best. I know I'm a great networker, so I'm going to use that strength to go out there and network. I really don't like social media and the conversations, so I'm going to avoid that and I'll get someone else to do that. I'll get a teammate to step into the social media business, right? And so I think that's that's a lot of where it comes from. There's, there's no – I can't see the difference between – coaching someone in sport and coaching someone in business and executing in sport and executing in business. They're the same, they're the, they're the, the same ideas. Yeah, too. And I think when you look at that, when you talk about strengths, the reality too is, you know, you can't just say, well, I can put a ball in a dime 30, 40 yards out. So I don't dribble. So I don't right. defend. So I don't shoot. Of course not. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous yeah. in the same way in the world. Right. There's going to be times you need to play out of positions. There's going to be times you need to do things that are not your strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that we both run small nonprofits. That's 
we have to continually be working, you know, playing out of position, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have you, to be making social media posts. <laughs> that's exactly right. I know I have to do that far too often yeah. too. And folks yeah. out there, I apologize for my social media posts that probably are breaking for the you social media marketers. I'm probably breaking every rule of social media yeah. when I do so. So I apologize. But I think that's important for people. I mean, I talk to people all the time about that. That, And, and also, here's, here's something I'd be curious to hear, hear you, you know, talk about. One of the things I talk about with a lot of people, and you understand this in the context of even the work that you're doing, a lot of the work that you're doing is developmental, right? Mm -hmm. You're not, you don't get a lot of attention. It's long-term. It's not easy to measure success. And and I, I liken that to the football pitch, right? You have your, your defenders. And I, I laugh when I look at fantasy football, you know, premier league. And I'm like, how do you measure a defenders? They're like making up stats, right? Right. To, to get them. But you don't get a lot of attention. I mean, I think it's changing a little bit, but but for the most part, it's rare. Virgil van mm-hmm. Dyke, I think, is an exception recently, and Ruben Diaz is an exception recently. Most of the time, the center backs aren't getting player of the year. They're not up for a balloon d'or. There, you get the strikers who are the flashy. They're scoring goals. That's easy to measure yeah. success, all these different things. But when we talk about that in the context of leadership, I think too often we get caught up in the stats of these quote-unquote success metrics, which are important, but what about those organizations? What about those people that are the role players, that are the Mm -hmm. foundational, fundamental, doing the developmental work that's necessary in our society, and how do we get them to be able to understand that their role is not only important, but it's critical to the long-term success of anything. So, I mean, do you get where I'm going there? And do you agree with that? And how are you able to encourage leaders that may not be in the flashy industries or organizations? Yeah, it, it's, um, so it's, it's a tough position, right? Because you're right. Your, your flash strikers are always the one that, ones that get all the attention. It's, it's kind of like a lead singer in a band. It's always mm-hmm. the lead singer that gets the attention, never right. the drummer. But the drummer is just as important as the lead, as is the defender, as is important as the striker, goalkeeper, everyone, right? Everyone's an important role. But I think it's knowing, this comes back to, to my definition of leadership. I think one of the biggest definitions of leadership is knowing yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because if I know myself, I know how I can turn up. I know how I can show up. I know how I can bring my strengths to the table. I know how I help find someone to bolster my weaknesses and and bring them on board into this. So I think knowing yourself and knowing your the role that you play in the world is important. As I say on the Hero on the Mission program that we've got, you've got to know what your purpose is, what your mission is, because then when you wake up in the morning, even if you're not the the lead or the striker, whatever it is, even if you're not scoring goals for a, for a major team, you're still playing a role. And if you know your mission in that role, then it gives you the purpose to strive to move on and to do your best in the role that you're doing. You create your story, right? Every day, you put words in your storybook by the actions that you take. You can create a very boring story if you so desire. That's up to you. But if you know your mission, if you know the part that you've got to play, and if you become a hero in your story, then it doesn't matter what you do. This is how I would encourage them. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter how much in the shadows you are. You are still making a difference in your story 
and then therefore the sphere of influence that is around you. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I, I thought a lot about and, and you try to how to encourage, especially, you know, some of the younger kids that mm -hmm. you see have tremendous skill sets. And, and you see that a lot, the, the position that I coach for a lot of times is goalkeeper. You see that a lot with goalkeepers, which is, it's funny because at the higher levels, you realize the importance of it. And a lot of teams, yeah. if you talk to the coaches, they'll start with a center back and a goalkeeper and then they'll fill the rest of the positions. And you're seeing, especially in the girls game, fewer and fewer and fewer people playing. And I think a lot of it goes to parents saying, I don't want my kid playing keeper because I want him to be mm -hmm. on the field so they can touch the ball and they can get exercise mm -hmm. and they can do all these other things. And even the girls who want to play, they're not letting them. Mm -hmm. I've seen that a lot with parents. And, and I, I do think a lot of it goes to what we're talking about, where they're not getting the attention, they're not getting the, the whatever it is, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's an issue. And I think that's an issue in our society as well, that if people aren't getting the attention, they just say, okay, I'm going to go do something else, and even though they're really good at what they're doing. Do you agree with that? Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, it's, it, it's also a tough position to play as well, right? Well, goalkeeper. it is. You've got to have a little crazy to play keeper. Yeah, I mean, that, there's a reality to that. Hey, I played in goal and, and yeah. I was nuts. But it, the problem is, if you're a forward and you make a mistake, no big deal. Mm -hmm. If you're a goalkeeper, you make a mistake. That's a yeah. big deal because yeah. everyone's now looking at you, right? And so it's, it's, it, it's equivalent to life. If you've got a, a position of a high-profile position and you make a mistake, then then you're getting seen, right? And so, yeah, it's it's interesting to see kids and what they want to do and how they want to play in these different roles and positions. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit too, switch gears a little bit. Over COVID, I think it was COVID, actually, I think it was before COVID, that you started just a little, some video series that you guys mm -hmm. did with the Pure Game. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that, what your what your hope is for those and share with people how they can, how they can check them out? Yeah, it's uh, so it's the Tiff and Tony show and it was during COVID, right at the beginning of COVID. It was one of those situations. We're a sports-based school partnership in-person program, right? So COVID hit, all of the schools were closed down. We went from 65 schools to zero. <laughs> and yeah. we were like, okay, what do we do with that stuff? So we pivoted really quickly and put all of our content on video. And so we were creating games on videos. We were sending them to those to our school partners so our kids could still be active and engaged and hearing their field champions in message and character education and stuff like that. Well, one of the, the, the young ladies who works for Pure Game is a lady called Tiffany, and she was really good in front of camera. And so I said, hey, you know what we should do? We should start the Tiff and Tony show. And we had a laugh about it. And we said, what we could do is we can take our character education and our life skills education, and we could talk to each other about it. We could do it on, on Zoom and away we go. And so that's how it was launched. And we've, we've interviewed people on there now. We, we've talked about life. We've talked about all sorts of leadership and education skills and social emotional learning, mental health, decision making. And the idea behind it is we really do want to use it as a tool that kids can can get educated on goal setting. Why would you set goals and how do you go about it? But not only that, we can actually talk to some parents as well through this medium and they could get to understand what it means to be the parent of a teenager. Because we, Lord knows parenting a teenager is hard work. And so what's the best way to go about that? How do you let your teenager make choices without receiving all of the really bad consequences. So they, they get to understand that they're in charge of their life and they have to make choices. So that's that's the Tiff and Tony show. They can find it on our YouTube channel. 
And I think the YouTube channel is called Pure Game Ish. I think Pure Game was taken, so we had to go with Pure Game Ish. But yeah, we're that's what we what we're about. It's it's an educational channel, and but we also take the opportunity to interview some of the special guests and find out their their meaning on life, and much like this, right? And I ask them, I ask them everyone a, a very important question, which is uh, part of our Wisdom Champion programs, and it's a simple question. And I'll ask this to you, Phil, and you can you can think of an answer. If you could travel back to your younger self, teenage or preteen years, what piece of wisdom would you give yourself? How old would you be? Oh wow. Hmm. I'll let you answer that if you want to. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Well, how about this? How about I'm gonna ask you the next question and then I'll think yes. about it, then I'll answer. Okay. So so, folks, with the T- Tiff and Tony show, you can check that out. And the cool thing about that is, obviously, with How Soccer Explains Leadership, or for this episode, How Football Explains <clears throat> Leadership, where obviously the, the target audience is the the adult, young adult, adult. But yours is really more for the younger, the youth, which mm-hmm. is your, your target audience for Pure Game, which I love. And I think it's so important. A lot of parents have told me they listen to these episodes with their kids and they talk about them, which is great. I think some of the topics may be a little heady for some of the some of the kids. I still encourage you to do so and to be able to talk, talk with them because most of them can handle it. But with these are very much targeted for the kids, and I, I encourage you to do it. You can just check. I mean, sure, if you just Google Tiff and Tony show, it'll pop up, and you can find it, pure game. But but the next question I have, and we'll also have those in the show notes. So we'll have the link to the Tiff and Tony show in the show notes. So if you can't find it in on Google search, then you can go ahead and go to the show notes for this episode, and you can find them there. But what are a couple lessons that you've learned directly from the game of football that you have used in your marriage and parenting? For, for me, the, the game of football, whenever I've played, and I've, I've been one of those players that have played every, every position. I started off as goalkeeper forward, then I went to winger, and then I went to central mid, and, and I slowly went back to right fullback, and now I play central defender and sweeper type role. And through it all, communication is, is the single biggest lesson that I've learned through it. When you've got a team that communicate with each other, when you've got a player on the team that communicates well the team runs that much better that much smoother things less things go wrong and so communication within as a as a dad my kids will probably tell you i over communicate because i i want to tell them everything and i want to ask them everything i want to find out everything and and so my wife would probably tell you i don't communicate enough but then that's because she wants communicating on logistics right of of day-to-day things but if it's it's about that open communication and knowing um just what's going on in the world, right? What's happening? How do you feel, right? Is a question that really few people ask. More importantly, few people want to listen to, mm. right? And so I think the the communication within soccer is good. Not just not just saying it, but listening. That's part of the the key. No, definitely. I mean, communication is one of my. I was modeling my major in college, but it's it's. I. I you, it sounds like you described my house right there with, with my <laughs> wife and my kids too. There was a funny Babylon B headline. I don't know if you're familiar with Babylon B, but it's a just a funny satire thing, and it said it said child prepares for four hour 
conversation after asking dad a simple question. And I started laughing. I said it to all my kids and they, they got a kick out of it. But, and my wife similarly wants to, we go on a date. How are you doing? Oh, well, what's going on this week? What do we got going on? Going back, I'm going to answer your question. That was good. I'm glad we were able to do that. I'm glad I can, I yes. can control this thing, you know? But, yes. No, and it's funny. It's, I kind of, it's kind of cheating because I have a 10 year old who's like my mini me. So I would, I would say, and I watch in him and I go, man, I, I can tell myself when I was younger because my son is basically me. Yeah. And I think one, two things, really. One is, and I, and I say this to anybody who asks me about leadership advice too, but I would love to tell my, myself this when I was younger. I don't know is a great answer when you don't know something. Mm. Rather than trying to fake it, rather than thinking you know everything, rather than saying, I know, I know, I know, which is what I used to say. It's what my son says when yeah. it's coachability, right? To say, you know, I don't know. And I need to learn, right? Yeah. It's a posture of humility. It's a posture of learning to have that posture rather than I got it all figured out and I want everyone to make sure I know everything because then going into school again, I would listen better. As you yes. talked about no one, the, the people don't want to listen to that answer. Yes. The people who often want to tell everyone what they think struggle with listening. Yes. And that's me and that's my son. And it's why he struggles in a lot of ways. And I think the thing with I don't know also is it shows humility to those who you're leading. Yeah. It shows those that you have that posture of learning. People want to tell you. And if you say I don't know, it triggers in your head to go, I need to learn this. I need to go figure yes. it out. And in today's age, especially today, especially today when we have the internet, if you don't know something, you got to be careful what you search on the internet sometimes. And you got to be careful yeah. your sources on the internet sometimes. Just because on, on the internet doesn't mean it's true. I got to be careful because this podcast is on the internet but but it's to be discerning yes and then so that's absolutely something and then the other the other thing is winning is ever winning winning isn't everything mm -hmm. yeah why we're doing this show there's so much to learn from the games yes about ourself yes about life about leadership about self-control about i mean basically the fruit of the spirit everything that's there we can learn in this game Right, sure. we can learn through it if we if we're looking for it, if we're learning. So they're obviously related. That posture of learning, posture of humility, yeah. and winning is it everything? Because as a ten year old kid, I can tell you, winning was everything for me. Right, right. I'm surprised I have friends left yeah. from yeah. my ten year old years. Got and it. I tell my son, I go, trust me. It's it's you don't want to lose friendships over whether yes. you won a stupid little pickup game mm -hmm. at the at the park. Yeah. But it seems like that is the end all be all to life, whether you're going to win that little pickup game at the park. Got it. Yes. For certain, for certain kids. So yeah. anyway. So that's anyway. brilliant. So what, what I'll, what I will do now, Phil, I will actually take those two pieces of advice and I'll give them to kids in our program and I'll give you some feedback. So that's part of the loop of what we do within the wisdom champion. So they can, they can go, I've got a, a landing page. You can give you wisdom. We'll give it to a kid and then we'll tell you how they accepted it. It's, it's a phenomenal little cycle. No, that's awesome. Now, if you want to just take that and you don't have to interview me now, you can just put that on there. It'd be right. great. That's uh, <laughs> So now that's that. I love that. I love that. I also love when when British folks say brilliant, it's just, that's something that I, I just, I can't, I can't say it. When I say brilliant, it just doesn't have the same effect and impact, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. So as we're winding down the, the, the last question we ask everyone, uh, what have you read, watched, or listened to that has informed your thinking on how, how football, I almost said, I almost said the word, how football explains life and leadership. 
I'll start off with, with what I've read. It's called The Habit of Coaching. And uh, it's actually just a book with seven basic questions in there. And it's not talking about coaching people per se. It's just becoming, it's just about becoming a better leader. And it's a phenomenal book. The questions are awesome. The first question is what's on your mind, which is a great leading question for anyone. And so when you ask that of a soccer player, when they've walked off the field, it can go all sorts of places, especially if won or lost, right? Hey, so what's on your mind? And and you ask that question of players and it's a really great way to kind of get into the, the mind of your young player as they walk off the field. Couldn't leave this show without telling you I've watched uh, Ted Lasso. He's mm-hmm. brilliant. I love that show. I think, I think that just that show on its own does a great way of explaining how football and life interact with one another. And there are so many lessons on that show that you can learn. And it's funny as all get out as well. I love it. It's a brilliant show. And then what have I listened to? I actually, so my certification as a coach comes through Business Made Simple. And I listen to the Business Made Simple podcast. And they've got a bunch of business advice in there that I love listening to. So I think when you listen to some of the stuff that's on that program and you think about this, the game of football, there's so many similarities between business and, and playing a game of football. It's crazy. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this show if we didn't think so. and We didn't agree with you on that. So right. now, obviously, we love Ted Lasso on this show as well, which is why if you love it and you haven't listened to our halftime and post-match shows that, that talk about the different episodes of Ted Lasso, I encourage you to do so because we go through and talk about Paul Jobson and I talk about those life lessons that we've learned and hopefully you have. And if you have more that we don't talk about, folks share those with us but tony thanks a lot I, I i'm actually i'm excited i haven't i haven't read that book so i'm gonna go check that out for sure and coaching made simple is donald miller correct on the yes podcast? Uh, business made simple oh, yeah, business, business made simple, made simple. yeah yeah I was on coaching business made simple is donald miller he he was the writer of the story brand book as well so mm-hmm. which is a great book for marketing and it's 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 a fantastic mm-hmm. book so all yes. right well thanks tony very much appreciate you and what you're doing, and I, I get excited every time we we chat because I have so many things that you know we have we're so like minded in so many yep. ways, and I have no doubt we'll we'll continue working together on different things over the years. Sweet. So thanks a lot for being a part of this today. Thank you very much. All right, folks. So once again, thanks for your download. Thanks for being a part of this show. I encourage you, like I said at the beginning, to reach out to me if you have any questions, have comments, and you can do so, Phil, at HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com. But as always, we sign off by encouraging you to take all that you're learning from this show and use it to help you be a better leader, to use it to help you in your marriage, in your parenting, and in every area of your life. And most importantly, that you take everything you're learning from this show and you use it to remind you that soccer really does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.